Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo. Now, to finish off the season, ladies and gentlemen, I had to get the Terry Crews of flexing, and that's Pistol. You know, every week just pokes his head into Fox Sports, just shouts his rank, uh, just calmly saying, <laughs> ah, yeah, just uh, hoping to make it into the uh, top 200 of 170,000 players this week. Uh, nice little flex from you, Pistol. It's, uh, it's a bit of a ball ache, though, always having to, uh, to say how well you're going, and I'm just having another dour year. <laughs> I've never said it before on Fox, so firstly, uh, I'm just going to call it out right now. That was the final they asked. You've been warming up to it, warming up to it. That's what you said. They, they, they. I think they potentially were trying to pull a fast one on me. If I, what, <laughs> maybe, what was if I turned around and said, "Oh, I'm, I'm 78k." I wonder what would they've done. Like, uh oh, <laughs> we probably should have fact checked this. This person. whole time we've had a numpty on. Um, so yeah, no, I, uh, I did move down in rank. Chizo last week, uh, two three one five, copped the dock at the eleven on field, which was painful, and fell um, only fifteen spots though to two hundred and first overall. So just outside the top two hundred, I'm about fifty points behind my goal of beating JB's one hundred and sixty four. But with no trades and dockety, uh, I Oof. don't know if I'm going to get there. Are you got Trent Rivers? No, I do, but not in my back line. <laughs> oh no! So that's, that, that's going to be well. It's, it's worse than me. Like I had Doherty last week and Trent Rivers on the bench. I feel like that's a worse. I'd rather cop a donut than have that. Than calculate all the points I missed out on. That, that that's that's the you know like imagining where you could have been. You know what I mean? Like if that that last Kino number came up, you're like I could have been a million dollars richer. I could have had that 100 points and moved up. Instead, I had a, a 22.71. Lost every important prelim final that I was in, including one to you, Pistol. And I think we worked out that if I my if, if my captaincy had uh, not been Neil, uh, I might have been a little touch and go whether I got over the line. But we'll move past it. We've got all of the off-season to completely forget uh, about the 2020 Supercoach season in terms of me. Um, what are we doing in the off-season, Pistol? We're going to be having free Patreon uh, for current members between the months of October to December. And depending on um, when Supercoach and AFL starts kicking off in 2021, uh, we're looking at coming back with uh, some Supercoach content uh, in, in early January, similar to what we did this year. Definitely, and uh, if you do want to sign up, now's a good time because you, you have the sign-up fee to Patreon and then it's free until the end of the year. So um, I guess you could say like, buy buy a month and get three free or something like that. If you just want to test it out, see what Slack's like, jump in and say hi to the community, um, check out some of the patron-only podcasts that we did uh, throughout the season. Some of them might not be as relevant, but also some of them are completely <laughs> not super coach related as well. So uh, there's a lot of good fun hidden behind a little bit of a patron wall. Yeah, and uh, Chizo is going to be stuck into some BBL again this year. Uh, until I missed about eight rock out, uh, lockouts in a row, I was in the top uh, 60-odd. So uh, hoping to, to come back again this uh, season. Uh, we've got the Cancer Council pistol. I've actually done the numbers. I've been saying it for about six weeks that I was going to count <laughs> uh, You know what we're actually up to. And we're about 200 bucks shy of raising $12,000 for the Cancer Council, which uh, is a phenomenal effort or it's a phenomenal amount of bad advice by us that is causing a lot of donations. The you know <laughs> donations to be made, so I'm th- I'm thinking it's the former, and uh, congratulations to everyone. And we've got some uh, some good comments. I love that people are, are taking advantage of you, Pistol, knowing that you have to uh, to read these out. I just like sit back and watching you squirm. Might need to put a character limit 
actually on uh, the next <laughs> light. Maybe we'll introduce what the, some the amount words. of voices you have to do, or the amount of words that you have to say. <laughs> Probably the words that I have to say at the end of the year. Um, but we'll, we'll just get cracking. There's not too many this week. Um, Sydney, thank you very much. Donation for dumb things didn't take steel score, and Captain Dixon did not check the weather. Uh, that would have stopped me. Yuch. Looking for We've a pod. Got Damiano. Now, it's the Doherty, obviously, uh, from last week we discussed, and he kindly accepted our, I guess, plea deal of uh, donating even though Doherty's out for the rest of the season. Oh, I mean, <laughs> he basically was last week anyway. He says, oh, okay, I've got no rhyme or reason to do a poem today. Doc stuck on 13 points. What a sad day. Donation for a cause, however, put a smile on my face. Seeing the end of cancer would make the world a better place. Well done, Benny. We'll see you next year when the Blues knock over the Eagles. Next time, let's bet some beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's, no, there's not much that Benny's not winning this year. Oh, he's, he's flying at the moment. And we've got Butler. So thank you very much. He, he's also gone in with a poem. Um, here we go. We've got Benny gets buzzed on the aisle. Butler thought Saints win by a mile. Saints couldn't kick straight. Umpires gave freeze to their mate. Now Butler donates with a smile. So, <laughs> Question mark. I like that one. That's uh, pretty creative. <laughs> These, this poem's actually pretty fun. Uh, Warren Gordon, thank you very much. He just says cheers for the year, boys, which we totally appreciate um, the support. You know, anyone who's enjoyed the podcast this year and wants to donate to the cancer. Cancer Council and, um, and Warren's yeah. a great supporter of ours. Very generous donation, Warren. Thanks for uh, for being a great supporter of ours. Super, super. We really appreciate it. And, and uh, Michael Webber, Webdog says, took seventeen rounds to get a donut, which is surprising considering the season they had. But there will be probably one for round eighteen too. So a donation for donuts. And I'm I'm hoping people uh, still care enough about the season that if they do cop a dockety donut, that they will still donate for donuts, and we can you know cross that. $12,000 mark raise for the Cancer Council. Yeah. Uh, the the last bit of housekeeping that we'll get to, Pistol, before we get into the Supercoach content. Dr. Supercoach Cup is in the grand final week. We have Benny's Buzz Boys versus Air Jordan Ridley. She'll be right fighting for the grand final. Uh, in the bronze medal match, we've got Georgie's Puddin and Bainsey's Jigsaw FC. And uh, Benny and uh, and Air Jordan Ridley are separated by only twenty four ranks. It's uh, seven ninety nine versus eight twenty three. And uh, we had a look at at, at Benny's. Uh, I think we saw that he knocked out four top one hundred or three top one hundred coaches on his way uh, to the, uh, the 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 grand final, which is just a phenomenal run. This is the true sin. I thought I was the true Cinderella story as the underdog in the, the toughest part of the draw as Chizo was. But I think Benny is, uh, uh, he's going to be putting up a strong fight this week. It was insane. It was, yeah, four top 100 players. And I think three of them were in the top 50 at the time when they had a battle. And he's made it all the way from round one to the grand final. So, Huge, huge story. Uh, it'd be a shame if he lost in the grand final, but he's got tough opposition. He's going to need to pull one more trick out of the bag. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if uh, Air Jordan Ridley won because he knocked me out. I, you know, it's all, it always gives you that little silver lining if you say you, you lost, to, you got knocked out by the champion. Uh, and obviously, prizes for first and second as well as the winner of the bronze match. So uh, we'll update that in due course. Pistol. Last podcast before a round of football for 2020. Let's get into the big topics. Obviously, we have Doherty first, and we're going to break this down left, right, top to bottom, forward, back, 
any which way that you could possibly be in a situation with Doherty. We're going to cover it off, mate. Um, I, I might start with just the simple things before we get more complex. And, you know, a lot of coaches maybe got one trade left that they're going to be using on Doherty. Let's start with that. Someone around Doherty's price point that you think are, you know, the main options that coaches should be looking at. All right. So I think let's break it down and just say anyone cheaper than Doherty because then everybody can afford him. There's no coach. Everyone can afford him. Yep. You know, every coach is on the same wavelength for this one. Um, I've spoken about him before, but I really think Daniel Rich without Witherden in the side. Um, I was doing the stats this morning. Um, we could see it on Fox Sports, but Daniel Rich without Witherden's averaged 94 Flexing this season. Um, and, you know, Witherden's currently out of the side. Against Carlton, he's got a three round average above 100. He's got a three round average of 102. He's basically one of those players that has a really high floor and a relatively low ceiling, but. He's just not going to burn you. Like if you bring him in, you're not getting a 40, 30, 50, you know, something that ruins your your whole week. He's just putting in a solid score, probably a flat ton, and you can just tick it off and be like, yep, that was fine. Um, that's assuming Witherden's not in the side. Chizo, do you have any suggestions on somebody that you like under Doherty's price if Witherden is in the side, or would you still back in Rich? I like your call of Rich. I, I don't mind that at all. Um, you know, naturally, I'm looking at the name Zach Williams, but the, the and he's coming off a fresh 101, uh, only 439k. But I think, you know, that ceiling that I was expecting him to have in the back end of the year, um, I'm just not kind of seeing it. Is that is that fair enough to say? I thought that um, towards the back end of the year, we were going to see these big 130s and 40s that he showed last year that he has the capabilities to do. Um, but we're just, you know, even in games where he's, he's not injury affected, which is, you know, only 10% of the time, <laughs> he's just not putting out these big ceilings. So I'm thinking for the last round, I'd be looking at someone that has the chance um, or it, it has a favorable matchup that might put out a big score. Yeah, I think someone that we're probably both thinking of, really good matchup, can have a really high ceiling. Jack Lukosius at 427K. Look, he's he's put in a couple of stinkers. Don't get me wrong. He has, honestly. He's had a three-round average of 58. But he also previously had a three-round average of like 130 because he can put in those massive scores. He takes the kickouts. And Hawthorne's forward 50 entries, let's say they leave a, a lot to be desired. They, they're they getting them. They're not using it super well, and I think he's the type of player that can absolutely clean up. So if you need somebody that could win you your final, that's that's kind of the guy I'm looking at. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree um, that the idea of trying to find someone that has a good ceiling this round, um, it, it, again, it comes to your risk appetite. You know, if you're someone that... Um, is a little bit, you know, in my position, is a little bit against, um, you know, trying to tries to pick the safer pick. So in many situations, I'd just lock away that Zach Williams and be done with it. But um, with the chance to snag a few ranks and snag a grand final, it's a lot of these, uh, you know, points of difference that you do take a bit of a uh, a, a bit of a risk on that that do tend to pull pull these kind of big scores out. So uh, it's just something to be conscious of. Um, Pistol, is there anyone else under Doherty's price you're interested in, or should we move into uh, options that are a little bit more pricey? Yeah, I think I think we've got that covered. I, I don't think there's really 
everything else is really, really punty if you go below that that mark. So I think maybe we should look at some options. Should I just set an arbitrary number? Have you got an arbitrary number in mind? I've got I've got no no arbitrary mum, number. Maybe fifty k up. I, I guess uh, right. uh, just the last one would be Christian Salem's been playing quite well. Cheers! Uh, I got to see him live a couple of weeks ago and got a new appreciation for that left foot. So uh, maybe <laughs> a little bit of man love there to might uh, sneak him in. But let's go. Uh, you know, fifty k above. Let's go to say five hundred thousand. What are some of the players in that bracket that you might look at? I like how you did five hundred just so that you could cut Caleb Daniel off as a recommendation. So. <laughs> five hundred one thousand. Hold on, what is he? Five hundred one thousand eight hundred. He's right. Okay. Give me something that's under 502,000 there, Pistol. <laughs> uh, look, Caleb Daniel. <laughs> no, Caleb Daniel's in great form at the moment. Three-round average of 116. He's one of those players, just like Rich, where he's probably not going to score you 150s, but he's not going to score you 80 even. He's just between 90 and 110 solidly every week. He's got a favorable matchup against Fremantle. He's just going to yep. put in a good score. And you can make that trade knowing that you've done a good job and you don't need to stress about it and watch him on the weekend and think, oh, like, is he, my week is going to come down to whether or not this player goes well or not. It's not like this massive POD. Um, it's out of all of those players, I would feel mostly comfortable, I think, um, with Caleb Daniel. Cheese, does anyone else tickle your fancy? I don't mind Adam Saad. You know, I'm, I'm a yeah. personal holder of him. He A little bit in the same vein that. He's going to kind of be that 90 to 110 that you can kind of... Uh, I mean, like, he, he obviously has the capabilities to put in a 60. We've seen that just in re- in games previous. But he kind of gives me that, you know, that secure kind of feeling. Uh, Melbourne aren't great going inside 50 um, either. So there's the chance that he's going to get a few kickouts. He's going to be, uh, you know, running the ball off the back line. So I, I foresee a decent score in him. There's a lot of these guys that we just kind of expect... Um, you know, even a, a Maynard or a Hayes that are, uh, and even a Stephen May that are just under five hundred thousand. That you know, if they put out a, an eighty, we wouldn't be surprised. But if they put out you know a hundred and ten to a hundred and twenty, uh, we we totally expect that they have the capability of doing that. Yeah, I I get a little bit scared of, I guess those players in the final round that are able to put out a, a forty score. I mean, all of them have downsides. I mean, Maynard's playing Port Adelaide, which is a tough matchup, but he's been relatively consistent. Haynes, we see, does get forward tags. I mean, I doubt that Saints will use a forward tag on him. I mean, like, Geary's not quite tall enough, um, and he would kind of forward tag. But, yeah, I think that the potential still is there for a a low score. May has lost kickouts to Rivers, or sharing them, I should say, um, Mm. with Rivers. So... That yep. decreases his point scoring potential, and we've seen him being throw forward like Sicily, um, which is crazy um, late in games as well when they need a goal. So uh, the potential, I guess, is there for him to also have an absolute stinker. Um, but I guess, Cheezo, if you have to pick one of May, Haynes, and Maynard, which way would you kind of lean? Oh, that's a really good question. I would. I would hope I had an extra 50k in the bank so I wouldn't have to worry about <laughs> about picking them. May, Hayes, and May, none. Um, it's a great question. I probably would stick with Stephen May mm. just for the fact that in the last probably month or so, we've seen a little bit of consistency with a, a, a slight ceiling there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, maybe the last month and a half. He's obviously had that 58 against Fremantle, but Cairns was just, it was not 
<laughs> it was not in, in, in his favour. It, yeah. it was raining sideways. Um, so you know, it, it, I, I definitely see that as a, a, a positive. On the on the flip side, we've seen Nick Haynes have you know a, a, a number of weeks in a row where he hasn't been performing to the potential that we saw at the start of the year. I'd rather be jumping on someone that's hot at the moment rather than someone that started well that seems to be tapering. If that sort of makes sense, I'd probably probably stick to the May side of things. It's it's strange agreeing with you so much early on in the podcast. <laughs> Damn it. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm deliberately trying to pick things that you'll disagree with. feeling uncomfortable here. I think we could probably <laughs> agree that the very expensive options, we're talking the Lloyd, Laird, and Ryan, they're all Are really obvious. good options. Yeah. Like, if you can afford one of those three... Yes. You know, they're the options that you should get over anyone else because they're. I'd just... almost say that that the most expensive option you can get if you've got those three to pick from, like if you can if you can pick between Lloyd and Laird, I'd be picking Lloyd. If you can only reach, uh, or you know, Laird and Ryan, I'd be picking Laird. Yeah, so would I. Just pick I... the most expensive one. It, it, it just yeah. keep it simple. In in my opinion. Yeah. No, Laird. Laird does play Richmond, but you know they lick midfielder points and they don't tag. So I think Laird will have another really good game. So I agree. Yeah. It's pretty much. Uh, you know, above Caleb Daniel, you pretty much just the most expensive option happens to be the best option for the round. So uh, that's worked out pretty nicely then, Chizo. Yeah, I, I certainly <laughs> agree. So summarizing, uh, get Jake Lloyd. If you can't get Jake Lloyd, well, that's very disappointing on your behalf. We've got Stephen May as a good option if you've got up to 500K and under the price of Sam Doherty if you haven't got enough money. Pistol really, really likes Dan Rich uh, as a, a potential option of a, around the 100 mark. Um, so the, the next thing that we'll jump into, Pistol, uh, you're going to blindside me with this uh, a little bit, um, and that's the captain's strategy that you might bring into this week, and how is it different for this week in comparison to you know pr- earlier on in the season? Yeah, geez, I took, I've, I've kind of come up with some head-to-head strategies that you can use with your captaincy uh, and it's important that you only use it in desperate situations and in a grand final situation you know everything's on the line because once you do it once or twice your opponent they, they catch on the people in the league know what you're doing so you really need to pick when you want to pull these off and I've, I've kind of labeled them so I'm going to say obviously you know matching I guess as a general rule, matching your opponent and kind of seeing how your uniques play out and then you can kind of see um, if you've got the lead and then, you know, they have to change their captain or if you're behind, you have to change your captain. That That's a general gist of how head-to-head play goes. But I've got a couple so of what you, tips So what you're saying tricks. is like matching, matching their VC and then as the round progresses, choosing how you play it from there. Is that, is, is that sort of what you're sounding like? Yeah, or well, matching their C and judging. is. I think that's the usual strategy for grand final yes, weeks. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. But I've got a couple of, of I guess, we'll call them trips, tricks and tips um, that you could try and pull off. So, cheers, I want I you to you rate them. I those two around the wrong way. <laughs> I, I did. I did tips and tricks. Um, <laughs> Just, uh, go. <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you what you think out of these three tactics is yes. the one that you would pull on your opposition if you were in a grand final because I know I've knocked you out of them. Um, yeah. All right, so here they are. We've got the going in blind strategy. So this is a strategy where you put your VC on somebody in the first game of the rounds because your opponent can't see accurately where you're going to put your VC. So you just put it on someone in the first game knowing that they can't match you, so they can't negate your VC. That's option one. Then we've got... So someone someone like a Nick Nat if you had him. Correct, because your opponent Clever. just doesn't okay, know what's coming. 
They, and they beyond that point, they'll be it. able to see the matchup. Okay, Correct. yeah, I see that one. Okay, what's number two? So number two. So we've got the, I call it the Sly Dog. And that's the last second change to a VC before the game starts. So an example of that one would be, let's say you don't have the VC on Max Gorn. You've got your VC all week. Uh, for some reason, you're doing, uh, let's say, Neil, Lucky Neil, or whatever it is. Yep. And then a minute before the game starts, you put your VC on Max Gorn and just be a sly dog and just you know whack it in there and then it gets locked in. Right. The pistol tactic, I like that's, it. That's number Coined two. It, minted, yep. <laughs> and the third option, I'm calling the bait and switch. So that's where if you're losing to your opponent or even winning, you put your captaincy on somebody earlier on in the rounds that isn't actually that good of a captaincy option, hoping your opponent matches it because they've got the upper hand against you. So they want to try and negate oh. your VC. And at the last second, you switch it to the player you actually want that's later in the round so their VC gets locked in. That's, that's like the bait and one. switch one. So out of those three tactics, what do you think would be the most effective in a grand final situation? Oh, that's a great <laughs> question. I love the idea of a bait and switch. I, I, I honestly... Because when you think about it, this is something that we all do from time to time anyway. We all... You know, when you've got an important matchup, you'll... Stick the VC, um, you know. Let's say like a, a steal against uh, a, against GWS this week. Say the player, you know, your opposing coach, you know, he's averaging one twenty one. You know, it's a totally reasonable VC expectation. You might chuck it on. Then last second, bang, chuck it on on Gorn or something like that. I, I like option three. I, I, I reckon <laughs> that I reckon that also has the most chance to go wrong. Yes. Definitely. If you yeah. accidentally captain someone you don't want to captain or you have internet troubles or like the site crashes, then you've just yeah. accidentally taken the worst captain. Do, do you think this works better once a few games have played out? I think you, you lure your opponent into a false sense of security if they're winning the game. So like yes. usually if somebody's up by like 100 plus points and they think, I'm going to cruise in, it doesn't matter what my opponent does, I'm just going to you know copy their VC and C. I feel like that's yeah. where you can do the switch. And it's even it's much more effective if you do it on the C than on the VC. So it'd yes. be like you kind of need to, to put the VC, even if you lure them into a bad VC choice and you sacrifice your VC just so they sacrifice their VC. And then you know that they're copying you. So for that final C, you put it on somebody like Titch against Gold Coast, which is a reasonable option, but not the best option. And then yeah. right before the game, Bang, you've put on Lloyd, they're locked in on Titch, and then you like, look, I've created a differential that wasn't yes. there. And you know, you just basically hope that they get sucked in. I think Yeah, um, it, it is it is do you think that there's anyone loopholing emergencies that has the capabilities to do this as well? Like I'm not thinking about, you know, is is that even feasible? Yeah, oh I think so. It just depends on which players it's that getting you have too complicated. That play. Yeah, no. It, look, I've got it, the kiss principle, mate. Like, if if I do that, I'll end up with Doherty on field with no emergency on Rivers. That, that, that's that's the kind of kind of luck that I have. It's very true. That's what happened to me with Stuart. I did. I, I swear that's what happened with Stuart. So, I think all of these are viable tactics. I think the easiest one to pull off is the sly dog, where you just change it last second to somebody that you want earlier in the rounds. So yes. that would be if I wanted to put it on. Um, Jack, or let's say Josh Kelly, because that's a very real example. If I have my VC on Gorn, and then I last second 
put my VC on Josh Kelly so my opponent couldn't do it, and then I, you know, captain's gone or whatever it yeah. might be. Um, I think that's a very easy one to pull off. Can, um, can you combine? Can you combine one and two? So you you start with a VC on Nick Nat who goes one hundred and ten, or um, you know something like that, and then also do the slide dog where that that looks like they're gonna, uh, you know, try and. Um, yeah, you know, say your VC match. doesn't score very well in round one. Yeah, in game one, can you then try the sly dog afterwards? I wouldn't try and combine going in blinds with the with the sly dog tactic because you use your VC and the going in blinds, and the way that that one pays off, uh, which I've done in the past, is you you really need to nail someone with a high ceiling. Like it doesn't work if there's no one in the first game that that doesn't have a high ceiling. Like if you were to put the VC on someone like I don't know. I mean, if if you had like Josh J. Kennedy, it's probably unique anyway. But if it's Nick Nat and you put the VC on him, it, it he needs to go 150 for that to be, you know, successful. If he goes 120, mm. well, then you've wasted your VC and your opponent's got an extra VC to use, you know, against you throughout the round and track how you're going. And then right. you put yourself in head-to-head in a much worse situation when you've blown your VC and your opponent is able to VC your captain. Because yeah. then no matter... How you go? They, they can get counteract to choose. You. Yeah, they get to choose. Should I take that, or you know, should I gamble later? So I, I feel like you have a lot of power in Supercoach if you hold off your VC the longer compared to your opponent. But yes. you also don't so want to miss. So the first person to blink is the one that is then chasing the tail if it doesn't work. Correct. Which is why you can, I think, really easily get away with the the sly dog and you know put the VC on a Josh Kelly because your opponent's going to think that you're trying to hold off as well on using the VC, but I do think that he's a really good captaincy option this week. So, um, yeah, it's, it's much harder to pull off the, the bait and switch, but I'm sh- I, I would love somebody out there that's listening to try the bait and switch, you know, not obviously everyone listens to this podcast, so we haven't, we haven't given away the secrets, but if you do that and you remove it last minute and bait your captain into somebody that they probably you know isn't an ideal captain i would love for you to get in contact with us uh that would probably make my week so please somebody somebody <laughs> try it and, and actually pull it off <laughs> and it, i feel like it mostly works in leagues where the coaches actually like take notice like they're they're like a a, a cash league or something like that where the league is the most important with it a, a lot of the, th- the the leagues that i play in everyone is still still majoritively playing for rank and it's like oh i made the grand final x league you know um but i i think i think there's going to be a lot of coaches out there that are, are going to be doing a little shadow moves a little you know a little uh bait and switch so that's going to be super interesting uh, that kind of leads us into the next section pistol is in uh what are some of these captaincy options that you like to look off obviously we all know your vc it's going to be gone uh, in Saturday, so you know you're not using strategy one. You're not using strategy two. Based on information that we have got direct from the podcast, we know where that VC is going for you. <laughs> it is a hundred percent for me going on to Gorn because I think he's going to be the highest scoring player of the round. So yes. straight Gorn VC. I think uh, most likely it's going to be a Lloyd C. He's had fifteen scores in a row above a hundred. Chizo, it's insane. Like he. So he's what you're saying is about it's, a, it's it, law of averages says that he's going to have a sub ton. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not. I, uh, I I would assume that he's not going to do a locky kneel and he's not going to leave me with a 55 in the final round and you know ruin my streak of good captaincy scores this season. I, mm. I feel you like you haven't had a sub a sub 100, have you? 
my lowest captaincy score is still 113 from Neil from like two oh. weeks ago. Um, and usually... Both both my sub-tons have been Neil. Yeah, I, I put my VC on the player I think is going to score the highest in every round. Um, yeah. And that's a strategy that I've used this year, and it's just worked time and time Where again. Where was this a minute ago in strategy four? I could have used this at the start of the year. I explained it last week. I mean, I left it late. <laughs> oh, it's too late now. <laughs> I've left it really late. But <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's worked well. I think if you have gone, it's got to be gone. If you have Lloyd, he's a great option. If you don't have those options, I'm just going to shout out a couple others that I like. Obviously, I've mentioned Josh Kelly before. I think in a must-win game against St. Kilda, he's scoring in the last three games, you know, two 130-pluses and one that was a 70-plus at halftime. He's mm. in form. I think he's a good one. And Steele to run with at all? Look, Steele hasn't been playing run with roles. I think maybe Seb Ross might try and run with him. But, but even more so, head-to-head, yeah. 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 Ke- Kelly, Kelly's really good. He's a really good scorer. Um, I don't like him for super coach. I've spoken about it over the years. You know, he's it's pretty injury prone. We'll call it that. But he is yep. a fantastic scorer when he's on the park. So if you do have him, you know, this could be a time to utilize utilize that. I I really like Petrarca this week, Chizo, Um against your Bombers. He's somebody that is in a lot of teams, forty uh, percent of teams. So most people would be able to place the VC on him and he's that type of guy that actually has a ceiling that's worth you know gambling on he scored above 130 like five or six times this season um he's put out a 160 you know two weeks ago he put out 140 he's actually put out two 160s so he's got that ceiling where he could also potentially be the highest scoring player of the round so um for me he's slightly I guess, I don't know actually if he's ahead of Oliver. I was going to say slightly ahead of Oliver. Um, I don't know if that's a fair statement. What What do you think between Oliver and I think, Petrarca? I think the way that Melbourne's midfielders go, they have one guy go 170, one guy 130, and another dude does 50. And it <laughs> alternates. Ravani could go 150 this week, Petrarca could go 150 this week, or Oliver could go 150 this week. It's going to be one of them. So I, I, it's going to be a, a, a toss-up between Oliver and Petrarca for me. I personally, a little bit of an insider uh, for Cormac, uh, who's coming up in uh, Rivalry League Seagull Grand Final this week, I think I might be going Petrarca. Boom. All right. Mm. I, or is that, uh, I like it. Is, is that a bluff? You never know. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I like Petrarca. Uh, Bontempelli is obviously in phenomenal form as well, 163 captaincy last week. Yeah. He's, he's, he's really an alternative uh, captaincy option. But geez, I don't actually like that many options this week. It's one of those rare weeks where, like, there's a lot of good options, but there's no real excellent options. Okay. Well, let me throw this to you. If you're going to do option one, uh, which was the uh, VC before anyone sees, uh, probably Nick Nat's the only one with the ceiling that, you know, warrants trying uh, uh, strategy one. Strategy two sounds like a, a Josh Kelly... Um, you leave the VC on Max Gorn all week, and then suddenly before the uh, the, the Giants game lockout, you chuck it on a, a Kelly's. That that's a little bit of a, a last second switch. I think I think you pull that one off pretty easily if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the bait and switch later in the round, 
Give me an option of, I know you said Titch to, to, to Lloyd. Uh, is there another one that you might be uh, thinking about doing the bait and switch on someone? Maybe you, you chuck the C on uh, uh, or the VC on a, a Neil, but you're expecting him to, to not bounce back with a 150 this week and, and then throw it on to someone, um, someone else like a, 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 a Lloyd in that respect. I think, I think for to get the most benefit out of it, you need your opponent to captain somebody that probably doesn't have that good of a run um, okay. for this this round. And I, I feel like for me this week, it's Grundy because he plays in the last game of the round as well. So you just leave your C on Grundy the whole week. Um, yes. Even if you VC gone. And, you know, right before that Swans game, um, I would be then changing it to Lloyd. Um, and that's that was option two, actually. I've, I've repeated up, <laughs> I've, I've repeated the, um, the Sly Dog maneuver, but I think that's the one yep. that I would target for the Sly Dog. And then you can, you know, get that captaincy on Lloyd while your opponent has to have it on on a Grundy, and uh, yeah, it's for the bait for the the bait and switch. I think, I, I, I think Titch, yeah, look probably Lockie Neal. I think that Kerno tag. I I don't know if it's going to be able to contain him, but yeah. he could go fifty five and he could go one hundred and sixty. And if you're in a posi- position where you're willing to gamble because you're you're, you're trying these tactics anyway, um, mm-hmm. I think it's perfectly reasonable to assume that people would be having Neil as captain this week and you could totally bait your opponent into captaining Neil and doing a, a, a switcheroo to okay. you know, change your C to Lloyd last minute and let them lock in Neil. Yeah, and then hoping he comes out with a 55. Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't I mind so. that. That's... That, that that's a uh, I like that little bit of a, a a strategy in depth that we do from time to time. I I, I find that really eye opening because I tend to uh, learn some things as well. Pistol, which is good. Uh, we'll jump into the next section, which is the podcast questions uh, from hashtag podcast questions in the Slack channel, mate. I'm going to be throwing some questions to you tonight. We're going to start with Damiano. Who would be an ultimate? Hail Mary pod in each line. So if you were going for the ultimate ceiling this week, the ultimate chance of any player scoring 200 for you and winning a grand final in any line, starting from Defender's Pistol, who do you like? So I'm glad you said you kind of made a reference that a Hail Mary I see as somebody with the highest ceiling because that is that yep. is how I'm You're not doing a Hail question. Mary on Adam Saar to get 102. <laughs> I'm definitely not doing that. I, that that's low on my list of hail marys. Um, <laughs> I I think I'll try and keep the price reasonable because, like, if I yep. say I oh, oh, hail mary, Lloyd, Luke that doesn't Ryan, really count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that that's probably not so much fun. Um, Mark Blitzarves against Swans. He's 515k, so he's a little pricey, but not completely out there. He's averaged 107 in his last five games, 112 in his last three, and I don't think anyone is capable of really keeping up with him from the Swans. He had 134 points last week. I, I think there's another 130 plus on the cards for Blitzavs. So for me in the back line, that's probably my answer. Did you have a chime in, or did you want me to just answer all of the hail marys? No, nah, I'm throwing them to you, mate. We need we need all the right. the top 200 rank. Coach throwing out the advice. That's what we've decided. Uh, right. Midfield, who's your Hail Mary? All right, I'll keep with the same theme where I'm not going to go with the super expensive players. Um, look, I think there's a couple players that have done it recently that could do it again. It's probably pretty obvious that uh, Tim Kelly last week, he went 180. I don't expect him to go 180 again, but 
He's only 460k, so he's super accessible yeah. by yep. everybody. Um, he's got a ceiling, obviously. Just got 180, and he's in a must-win game for West Coast if they want to make the top four as well. I don't know if it's possible unless they just pump North Melbourne um, and really, really put a lot of points on the board. So for my picks for the Hail Mary, there might be a little bit of bias towards our West Coast players, but Tim Kelly, for me, I think um, he could go 50. He could go 180, as we saw. So I think that's probably the best sort of uh, Hail Mary pick in the midfield. Okay. Um, Do I have to do a ruck? I don't think we need to do a ruck because if you're bringing in a ruck for Hail Mary in round 18, it better be gone. (laughs) It could be Riley O'Brien. He's got 180 180 last time against Richmond. Um, Okay, okay, I see you. you. Scott Richmond this week. So, look, that was a pretty quick one. And then... uh, Don't hate it, don't hate it. The forward line, Hail Mary. There's a couple... I'm going to stick with the West Coast theme. I think really any one of Luke Ryan's now got a three-round average of 110. Um, I think Jack Darling... Against North, too. Yeah. I'm I'm just hoping they completely... I mean, I didn't have any West Coast players, so I actually don't hope this happens. But I, I feel like they're going to go all out and just try and win by 100 points. Um, Jack Darling as well. He's capable of putting in a big score if he kicks a lot of goals. And JJK as well. These are yep. all players that have massive ceilings, uh, assuming they get a couple of snags. Um, so for me, I think they're the ones that you probably want to target for these like really big scores. Yeah, I mean, matchup doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go well. I mean, I predicted Charlie Dixon was going to kick 18 uh, on BZT last week, and it didn't eventuate. Uh, only 92, but I, I think the the sentiment is there that coming up against North in a must-win game uh, for for West Coast. That, that's a really good shout. I don't, I don't mind that uh, mind that at all. Uh, we'll jump into the next one from Chewy. How much commission will you get if General Saunas wins, Pistol? <laughs> <laughs> None. No, the General None. is uh, just such a great community member. He's extremely yeah. generous. He's one of Incredible our highest... Supporter. Yeah, well, he's one of our highest donors to the Cancer Council, so nothing. I hope he wins. I hope he just takes all of the money and gets to do whatever he wants to do with it because it's well-deserved. Uh, he's a fantastic community member, one of our first and highest supporting patrons um, from yeah. the from the beginning, so we just appreciate the support. We're running out of merch to give you, Jen. Uh, <laughs> he's won every you, you, prize. You, <laughs> I didn't realise this was collect the whole set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's... Um, look, yeah... Just uh, we're, we're everyone in the whole uh, Slack and uh, Dr. Supercoach community in particular is uh, rooting for General Saunas to take it all out and hopefully he can um, have some fun and, you know, get to get to win. I don't know what he'll prefer, though, winning the 50K or just having the title of Supercoach winner. Mm. Sometimes <laughs> I forget that you actually, sure. you're actually with, like playing this game for prizes. Uh, never, <laughs> having never been in the running for them, they've never been at the front of my mind, so... Um, yeah, it's great. It's great to see that there's a lot of uh, big community members from various communities in the top ten that are vying for it. So that's uh, that's lovely to see. Uh, next question from Panna. In all seriousness, who's a better emergency? He's got Wicks, Schoenberg, and Coleman, and that just happens to be my midfield bench as well. So Pistol, if you can help Panna and myself out, that'd be great. So Wicks says Geelong, which not a great matchup. Ill. Yeah, let's not let's let's not go there. Uh, Schoenberg's in actually pretty good form at the moment, but mm. 
I, I mean, Richmond do leak some numbers, but I, I feel like his upside is somewhat limited just because of the volume of points that they score and they just share it around. And Coleman, while probably looking less likely than Schoelberg to put out a big score, I feel like he's probably still better than Wicks. Um, and he's got a more favorable matchup. So for me, I would be probably looking at Coleman or Schoenberg for this week. So basically, I've just ruled out Wicks. Maybe you can rule out the other one, Chizo. I like the consistency of Coleman. I think he's just gone back-to-back 60s. I think that's the, the chance of that. I think coming up against Richmond, it's going to be a real reality check uh, for Adelaide. They've obviously just come off three wins against Hawthorne, GWS, and Carlton. I think that's definitely benefited, benefited Schoenberg's 82 and 97 posted within those three games. Uh, in the the one game in there against GWS where they uh, you know they have a decent midfield, uh, only scored 43. Whether that's correlated or not, we need more data. Uh, we'll see this week. I would uh, potentially be putting the emergency on Coleman and expecting a 50 to 60 score. Alrighty, and uh, any more questions? Okay, the next question is in fact from General Saunas. Who is going to win on overall rank out of Mrs. Pistol and yourself, Pistol? <laughs> and do you guys have a bet going? Because she's knocked you out of finals three years running and you're five points apart and only one rank overall apart. You know, this is a divorce waiting to happen. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when... The round locked out, and I was 201st, and she was 202nd, but we're five points apart. I always thought if you had to be one rank apart, you were like one point apart. Um, so I'm liking my head start is where I'm going with this. Uh, five points is going to be five important. Points. Big head start. Um, she has, I think she has two trades left, so I'm in trouble. What? Yeah, and she doesn't have Doherty. <laughs> this game so over. I... I think I'm in a little bit of strife um, this week, unfortunately. I think she's going to make it four years on the trot where she'll knock me out of the finals. And she's probably going to beat me in overall rank as well. So I'm dropping my head already. Um, but look, we'll see how it goes. We do have a bet going. Um, it's probably not appropriate for the podcast, Jizo. But uh, yes. look, let's just say I really need a win. Definitely appropriate for the Patreon only podcast. I'm definitely bringing that up for sure. Um, I've got one more question from Twitter. It's from Ryan. He's got one trade left and he's sitting at 161st and he's really trying for the, the top 100. He wants to know, Pistol, should he trade Viney to Walters and loop Simkin with Schoenberg? Or should he save the trade for any potential carnage with teams being named later in the round and just lock in a score from, a score from Simkin? Ooh, great question. So, so Simkin, Simkin uh, uh, would you want his score or not in, the, in on recent form? Yeah, this is interesting. So I've got a couple things. I, I don't think I'd be like... Schoenberg's realistically not going to put out the 100-plus score that you want to be able to take Simkin off your field and yes. you know move you up to the 100 rank. I'm, I'm taking this question as I'm sitting at 161st and I want to be top 100 and I don't care how far I fall. Like My goal is top 100. That's, yeah. that's kind of how I'm going to answer the question. Yeah. Um, Win or lose it with this move. Yeah. So to me, I think that the move is probably not trading Viney to Walters because... Viney's ceiling is probably better than Walter's ceiling this season. Viney's put out 150s. I mean, as you said earlier in the podcast, Melbourne are a team where some of the midfielders get 30 and the other ones go 150. And maybe 
just maybe it's Viney's turn to go 150. And Essendon are, I guess, a team where you can beat up on as well. So for me, I'd be holding Viney with his high ceiling. And maybe instead of even saving the trade, well, this is going to be dangerous. Saving the trade is clearly the best move strategically in terms of just getting the best rank, best general rank. Like if there's an injury, you can use it to trade. But if you want to go, you know, pedal to the metal, all out, I would consider trading Simkin. Yeah, I was going to say, can't we just get rid of Simkin for someone that looks like he knows how to find the football? Look, he's 391k, so you can't even really afford many players. But you can afford the West Coast players that I was talking about <laughs> before. Maybe not so much uh, Mr... Um, what's his face? don't know why I've, I've gone blank. Um, Liam Ryan. Jack Darling. Not oh, Jack, Jack Darling. Darling. I was guessing. Yeah. I was guessing. Look, Liam Ryan is 30k more. Um, so, you know, the potential is there. I'm not sure how much money you have in the bank. I assume some if you were planning on doing Viney to Walters, I guess. Um, but JJK's there. And if you really want to go all out, that's a move. That's a move, Chizo. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's really, really out there. That, that, that's, that's like scary out on the ledge looking down. That is scary out on that's, the ledge. That's, that's, that's tightrope sort of stuff. <laughs> so I guess, Ryan... What are you willing to do? <laughs> yeah, how, what's your risk tolerance? What's your risk appetite? That That is the question. Because I don't think Schoen, uh, looping Schoenberg and Simpkin um, is, you know, and getting rid of Viney is the one. I'd, I, I, I would... Uh, I think there'll be carnage. I'm going to put that out there, Cheezo. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think that the carnage someone potential... Like Crips might be rested or, yep. you know, they're ruled out. Something's going to go wrong and you will need the trade is yep. my gut feeling. Yes. So, if you if you just want to say, look, I finished top two hundred. I had a great season. Maybe finished top one hundred and fifty. I had a great season. I would hold the trade. But if you really, really want to just go for it, then and you know, I don't know what other PADs you have in your team. But if you don't have many and you really want to go for it, you know, I'd probably be going for those really high ceiling type of players. Yeah, I I, I think that sums it up. Like it. Let All us know right. what you do. You, you go with it, Ryan. I'd love to know. Pistol, Excellent. I just want to take this moment. I think we're done with the Supercoach stuff, yeah? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, done, done for the, the off-season. I oh. just want to take this moment to thank... <laughs> we'll have a wrap-up podcast, Jeez, We'll have a season oh, and review don't podcast. Don't you be stepping on the host toes. We'll have an explaining. interview with General Soreness. That's coming after the season. Sorry, do you want me to continue hosting keep, keep the going, Keep going host pistol. I, I enjoy host pistol. I like it when you get your big boy pants on and take control. There's plenty of off-season content to come. Uh, none, obviously, for the current season, but we will have a season review. We'll try and get the band back together, a three-way pod. We haven't done that since round one. Cheezo, JB's still we... in hiding. JB's still in hiding. We, we haven't He's... found him for a while, but uh, we're going we're gonna to rouse him up and, uh, and see if we can get some... Some details on what happened to his year. We'll talk through our trades, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, so, yes, you know that was actually describing the three of us. And uh, <laughs> we, will, we will talk it through. We'll be you know, informative. We'll talk about our thoughts. Wait, on that means season. I'm ugly. Or am I bad? <laughs> Look, I'm not going to point fingers. You guys can work it out between you. But I'm glad that you, <laughs> you're, straight away you're like, well, I'm not good. <laughs> well, I figured um, that was it. We will have a podcast with General Sinus, we're putting out there, no matter how he goes, hopefully he takes it out, but we'll have a podcast and talk 
you know, we'll get some questions from the community for him and he can have uh, some time in the spotlight as well, which is awesome. And Chizo, please continue. <laughs> what well, you were uh, saying. The, the last thing to say is that obviously uh, Slack community is still going to be running so uh what we've been noticing lately is a lot of people are worried about the end of the afl season they're canceling the subscriptions and everything which all it does is just kick you out of slack because it's all free you know you just got to stay as, as a current member get everything for free and you get to stay in slack and uh we've got a brand new formula one channel there pistol because uh, uh we didn't realize that we have about 20 people of us in there that, that stay up every weekend and watch the formula one so you never know what you're going to find in slack it's uh, very exciting but thank you, community. Thank you, everyone that has supported us and listened during the 2020 season. It has been an absolute monumental effort from everyone behind the scenes in what has been totally, totally unpredictable. But I'm super, super proud of the community and those that were badly affected by the luck all year but kept sticking it out. And, and people like WebDog that are just, you know, have been fighting tooth and nail in the last fortnight have really started to make inroads and, and make their year look respectable after, you know, having such bad luck. It, it, it's super exciting. And I find that just as exciting as seeing um, someone from the community doing well and, uh, and right up the pointy end and getting those rewards. So thank you to everyone. If you want to find us uh, during the offseason on Twitter, Dr. underscore SC. Chizo underscore DRSC, Pistol underscore DRSC, and JB underscore DRSC is where you'll find us. But until that, good luck this week. I hope you win your grand final. Um, unless you're, you're Cormac, I hope Chizo wins it. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself.